Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. So Elizabeth, when my daughter got married, her mother, her sister, and, and she were running around finding different things that they needed for the wedding, and I would tag along from time to time. And my job was basically this. When they finally found something that they really liked, they'd point it out to me, and I'd say, that's beautiful. And then I would say, to whom do I write this check? <laughs> That was basically my role. Oh, so you were just the one paying for it. That's but, right. But actually, you gave your daughter away, right? Well, well yeah, I did that as well. I, I marched her down the aisle, gave her away, and I performed the ceremony. Oh, but, how beautiful. But in preparation for the thing, basically, uh, they would ask for my opinion, but they really did not want it. What they, what they wanted was my approval, and I always readily gave that. And then we had a beautiful wedding, and it was a lot of fun. But, you know, weddings today are different than they were in Jesus' day. Yeah, in Jesus' time, a Jewish wedding, um, not only it would last for a long, long yeah, time. It, yeah, usually a week or better, wouldn't it? Yes, but see, we are so used to uh, real estate now that, you know, the, the bride and the groom buy their own place or rent their own right. place. Back then, um, when the family was enlarged, mm -hmm. the bridegroom would just build an extra room mm -hmm. in the father's house mm -hmm. and then go get the, the bride mm -hmm. and bring her to live with the father's family. Which takes me back to the marriage language and the wedding language that God uses in John uh, 14. Jesus uses this in John chapter 14. In my father's house are many rooms. Basically, he's promising to come and to take us home with him. And he says, I'm preparing the place for you now. So even the language of the second coming is the language of a bridegroom coming for his, his chosen bride. Yeah, and, and today we want to study this time when Jesus talked in this type of lover's language to his disciples because they were starting to feel a little anxious and a little bit stressed because Jesus is talking about dying and He's talking about going away and they are not feeling very peaceful or very joyful about that. So, Jesus engages with them in this type of language. So, we wanted to give you the, the context of where this custom comes from of, of going to, you know, many mansions and many rooms. That's or, right. And we find it in John chapter 14, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And my father's house are many, and he's, this translation says dwelling places. Others will say rooms or mansions. Mm -hmm. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. So here is the language that we were discussing. Actually, Jesus is saying, look, there's room for every one of you. And I'm not going away for good. I am going away to do this, to build these rooms mm -hmm. uh, and to prepare this place for you. And I'm coming back for you. So don't feel that I'm leaving you. And your heart in the waiting period should not be anxious or no. should not be, uh, I don't know, troubled. Right. Basically, the, the bridegroom in that day would pay the wedding dowry, and then he would go back and prepare the room in his father's house. The dowry for the chosen bride, the church, is the cross. Mm. He's paid the dowry, mm. and now once he's paid the dowry, to think that he would not come back for us is just ludicrous. That's right. He's already paid he, the dowry. He's preparing the place. He's coming back. Yeah, he has already proven to us yes. uh, that he wants us, and he has paid our price. Right. You see, uh, one of the difficult things in this life, I think it is, to understand that we are in this in-between 
in-between period. Right. You know, this is something that a lot of people really struggle with. Uh, we live in an in-between time where God has already said, hey, this is a done deal. You guys are coming with me. And at the same time, we're still in this world of sin and diseases and death. And we're like, well, when is this going to happen? You know, we're waiting. But it is important to remember that we are the chosen bride. He has chosen us. He has paid the dowry. He is coming back. Now, the fact that it has been a while does make us anxious. It makes us uncomfortable. But it, with God, time is different than it is with us. But He is coming because He's promised. That's right. He's promised and He has paid. And so, He um, he says, I'm coming back for you. Let's pick it up on verse 4 again of, of chapter 14. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So, here Jesus is saying, okay, this is a sure thing. And, and Thomas says, how can it be a sure thing? We don't even know where you're going. And Jesus says, well, I am the sure thing. I am the way there, I am the truth, and I am also the life. And by the way, I um, I need to point out this. So many people claim to have the truth. The, yeah. You know, and the truth is not... Um, not a concept, not a set of doctrines. Not truth, a set of ideas. The truth is what? It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. he, he has told us very clearly to have the truth is to have Jesus. Yes, He is the truth. He said it very clearly. So, whenever you hear somebody say, no, this is the truth, no, this is the truth, mm -hmm. Jesus interrupts everyone and says, I am the truth. That's me. <laughs> that, that's I am the me. truth, says Jesus Christ. And so, Jesus knows that his disciples are feeling troubled. That's why he starts this section saying, don't let your heart be troubled. Uh, and saying, this is the answer. Believe in God and believe in me. So, once again, we're going back to that word that John uses 90 times. Believe is the answer for anxiety. That is the link between the two levels of every story. And, of course, we've got the, the physical level, the immediate, and, of course, the spiritual spiritual level, and the spiritual level of this is Jesus is coming back to claim us. Even though the disciples at that moment could not see that. And so, Jesus talks about the fact that while they wait, they can experience peace. And there's several passages, for example, in the same chapter, verse 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives it do I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. This is what we call an inclusion. This section starts and ends saying, don't let your heart be troubled, because you can experience peace, and my peace is different than the world's peace. And all of this is in the matrix of the return of the bridegroom. You know, when I was a boy growing up and people would talk about the second coming of Jesus, anything but peace filled my heart, hmm. because there was such a degree of uncertainty. Hmm. People would say, you have to get ready for the second coming of Jesus, but no one would tell you exactly what that meant, although I thought it had something to do with the way I lived, with dietary practices, with the commandments or something. Basically, to prepare for the second coming of Jesus is to dwell in Jesus today. Yeah, to believe in Him, and that takes your anxiety away. And, and that gives you peace. That's where the peace comes from, is the confidence of knowing, I'm going with Him. It's the confidence of knowing who He is and yes. the fact that that He is preparing a place for us. You know, the concept of peace was a concept throughout the Old Testament, and this concept was actually talked about in several places. And we're going to take you to the prophet Isaiah, for example. Isaiah, when he's talking about the upcoming king, uh, he has several titles for Jesus, and one of those titles that has been known, and many times you hear it during Christmas, is Prince of Peace. Uh, what do you say we go there, Mike? 
We find this in Isaiah chapter 9 and um, verse 6, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. See, this was one of the characteristics of Jesus, that Jesus' presence uh, actually brings peace. And Jesus is telling his disciples, there is a way out of this anxiety you're feeling, and is to believe in me, and I give a type of peace that the world cannot give you. It's a different kind of inner peace. Uh, we have some more. Do you want to go? Isaiah 55, verse, okay. verse 12 is another place we can look at this. It says, For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Isn't that beautiful language? This type of inner peace, this type of peace that gives you joy in your heart, is the type of peace that Jesus was talking about back in John 14. And so Jesus is talking to them and saying, while you wait for me to come back for you, while you are expecting the bridegroom to come back, don't be anxious about this. This is actually a good thing. It's better to look forward to that with joy and anticipation, not with fear, not with dreading, not with anxiety, because the arrival of the bridegroom means good things for the bride, and the bride is the church of Jesus Christ. We can eagerly anticipate his arrival because that means that the marriage takes place. The wedding feast of the Lamb takes place in heaven, yeah, as we find uh, in Revelation. Yes, we have talked to you about it in the past, uh, the marriage of the Lamb in Revelation chapter 19 um, is the consummation of when Jesus comes back for His church, and you can read it from verses 7 to 10. This is called the marriage of the Lamb, and Jesus actually uses this language throughout the Gospels as well, trying to say, I am coming back for you. And, and I know a lot of people have a hard time waiting, and sometimes we do too because we have fear of abandonment. We have had maybe parents or spouses that have abandoned us. And Jesus is saying, look, don't be troubled about me. Believe in me. I'm coming back for you. That should fill you with peace. You know, to this date, the climactic event for Earth's history has been the cross. There is one more very large event to take place, and that is the consummation of all things, and that will occur with the second coming of Jesus. He has promised us that He will return, just as a bridegroom who's paid the dowry for the bride and prepared the place for her, he would not think of not going back to claim his bride. Uh, you know, actually, when you're waiting for your bridegroom, I don't know how many of you have been married and waiting for a period, at some point you got to trust in the love of the bridegroom. Hmm. You know, and sometimes it's hard because we see people that betray other people all the time. Today, we invite you to believe in Jesus Christ and believe that He's coming back and to wait for this with expectation, peace, and joy. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.